The Tabuti Drive. Weekdays 3 to 6 p.m. On 5FM. We now hang out, as promised, uh, with Cassie from SADEC. Uh, Cassie, they say you the operational manager. Uh, you can call me whatever you want. It doesn't really matter. But operations, director. operations director. What does it what mean do to do? be an operations director? With an NGO, you do everything and anything. <laughs> you make your tea. So. Like what needs to be done? <laughs> Cassie's the one. Done. Well, Cassie, thank you so much uh, for uh, joining us, of course, today as we observe World Suicide Prevention Day. Why is this day so important? Oh, every day should be World Suicide Prevention Day. But today gives us a day where we can talk about it and get people starting to the conversation. Mm. It gets it on the top of everyone's mouth. They read about it. They see about it. Suicide is such an alarming issue in South Africa that often we think happens to other people. Yeah. It's not a real issue. And for us, we're really just trying to create awareness that this is happening every single day. You know, our call center, we're receiving over 600 calls per day from people sure. who are just completely helpless and hopeless. And it's incredibly sad and we want to do something about it. And that's by talking about it can get us to really do something. And the numbers are, are really staggering. I mean, about 800,000 people take their own lives every year. Mm. Uh, South Africa recording the sixth highest rate of suicide in Africa. Mm. What is the leading cause? So what we found from the calls that we're getting is normally a combination of issues. Relationships is a huge trigger. So separation, divorce, cheating, abuse, trauma, any significant trauma. And I mean, in a look at South Africa, we have tons mm. of that. Um, family problems, uh, family issues at home, financial issues. Mm. I would have thought that would be bigger, the financial one. Financial is huge, especially in the last year or so. Everyone can relate to having financial problems and it mm. puts a lot of strain, especially for men. Men brings yeah, a lot of pressure, provider of the home. So we get a majority of our calls are from females. However, our more acute suicide cases are mm. from males. Um, they often have the means to the suicide. They're more aggressive methods. So sure. men in South Africa are four times more likely to commit suicide than women. Women attempt suicide more often. So men are more likely to be successful in these suicide attempts. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, that's due sure. to the, the method of suicide. Yeah. yeah. That is, the, used. you know, access to guns or, yeah. or hanging, all the, the horrible things. Um, and because men don't talk about their depression, they don't talk about emotions or feelings until it's too late. Mm. So often when we're dealing with those types of calls, we really have the whole team and we're doing crisis management um, to get help. But it, I mean, when we're looking at, and, I, and I'm always very careful about using stats and figures because they sound alarming and they should because mm. they are alarming. But these are also people. Mm. This could be someone that we're working with. It could be someone in our house, our family, our friends. These are real people who are having these real issues. And when we look at the fact that just this year we've received over 41,000 suicide calls sure. in eight months, that's a huge concern. I'll be the first to say um, the idea of depression for me, I didn't understand for uh, the longest of time. I couldn't wrap my head around why someone can't get over it mm. and keep it moving mm. and we'll just be done with it or take a nap, fine. wake mm. up. You know, mm. it's life, this thing. Just mm. keep it moving. And um, I don't know, I've, I've now come to learn that it's a real thing. Mm. Uh, at first, I'd have people around me who'd say they're depressed and I'd be like, and it's used loosely, is it not? Very like, much oh my like gosh, I'm so depressed. Yes. But you're not really. Or you've had a really bad day and people are like, oh, I just want to kill myself. Yes. But there's real people. No one ever walks around saying, oh my God, I feel so cancer. Or, oh my word, I feel so mm. 
diabetic. Mm. Yeah. Mm. But we say mm. that for depression. Mm. We don't say snap out of it as just diabetes, but we say that for depression. So one of the things we try to do is talk about that depression is a real illness that needs real treatment. Is it not because um, with cancer and with diabetes, you're able to physically see the results of the disease mm. and you're therefore probably in your mind more able to register it yeah. as a disease? Absolutely. It's more physical. You mm. can go for a blood test. A doctor can tell you, yes, you know, for sure this is what you have. There's also a lot more compassion because you can see it. So people, yeah. there's, there's a lot more like, you know, I understand. And now as we're getting more people talking about what depression feels like mm. and explaining to people what it is, we're starting to understand that it is a real issue. And I think it takes more people. You can have all the experts and all the people with the stats mm. to tell you this is what's going on. But people who have been there, done that, got the T-shirt, them sharing their stories are so much more empowered, you know, m- more powerful. And absolutely, if you'd like to share your story, please do give us a call. We're on 089-11-00505. Alternatively, you can just drop us a WhatsApp on 082-550-5151. I want to get into the idea of depression, how you know you're depressed. Because, you know, you could be like, am I sad? Yeah. Or what is it? You know, what's wrong with me? Why am I always feeling so tired? Does, you know, does that count as depression? We'll get into um, what counts as depression. We're hanging out with uh, Casey Chambers, Operations Director of SEDEC. Ten minutes before we hit five o'clock. If you just tuned in, Casey Chambers, uh, Chambers rather, is in studio. She's the operations director at SEDEC. And we are, of course, today observing World Suicide Prevention Day. So much to talk about. Uh, we, you know, we before the song, we're talking about uh, depression and how it's not tangible or how you can't physically see it. And therefore, people don't recognize it as an actual illness. Uh, but you were saying off air that there actually are some physical symptoms. There definitely is. Remember, your brain is an organ in your body. If it's suffering from something like depression, it changes the chemicals in your body. So the way that it functions and works includes some of the physical symptoms, feeling tired and sleeping all the time, but having Mm. absolutely no energy, headaches, um, stress and neck pains, digestive problems. All of this could really contribute. And often we see physical symptoms as something unrelated. But when you start to join the dots for all the symptoms with depression, it could actually make a lot more sense. I mean, I know someone who said um, they have depression but couldn't quite pinpoint the reason they were depressed. Mm. So depression is also a genetic illness. It might be something that runs in your family. So you might have, again, on paper, and it's so easy for others to judge, but you've got a job, you're doing well, you've Mm. got a family. What's your problem? What would cause you to be depressed? Mm. No one asked to have depression. So it could be genetic. It could be circumstantial. And it's also very easy for other people to say, oh, but you should be so grateful because Mm. at least you're breathing and you're okay. For some people, that's even harder. It's, again, being non-judgmental and saying, what is your depression to you? What does it feel like to you? And really being there and listening. But it is hard because I'm sure just hearing from Anonymous, there's already so much judgment and Mm. stigma. It's probably difficult to even come out and speak about it because people don't really take you seriously. They think, again, snap out of it go have a nap absolutely you know, like think get, positively, get on with it which yeah. we often hear you nailed it because i was that person exactly you yeah. know where i went through a lot and i was like super sad all the time i wanted to go home and sleep and i didn't have an appetite wasn't mm. wanting to hang out with any of my friends and i couldn't pinpoint anything that was wrong in my life because mm. things were going well i've mm. got a great job and whatever but my question is are there levels to this depression 
yeah. Because can you be slightly depressed? Because I would say I'm not depressed anymore, mm. but I went through a stage where I really felt depressed. Yeah. And I think that's it. It's it's a um a developing illness. It doesn't just come overnight and you're feeling, you know, rock bottom the next day. It develops and grows. And there are different levels. And the longer you leave it untreated and 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 you don't deal with it, it can actually get, you know, when you're you're making bread and you kind of put the bread in the corner and you ignore it and it just grows bigger mm. and bigger and bigger. That's what could, you know, could be depression. So if you get low-grade depression where you kind of feel that feeling but you're functioning and you're carrying on and you mm. just can't kick it and you just can't feel like you're getting out of it, that cloud, but then getting an intervention or, or getting some help, even speaking to someone at that low kind of grade level could make a huge difference. I was about to ask, what is the solution or the, I mean, cure for the lack of a better word yeah. for depression? Um, mm. I, I'll speak for myself. I went to the same therapist from Sisi Gosu. Mm. I cannot, for the life of me, mm. sit there and speak to someone. Like, I'm just like, I'm like, um, you, I'm paying you. <laughs> you speak to fix me. me. And then, like, yeah. I'm, I'm the one doing the talking. When, when are you going to yeah. say something? <laughs> therapy is not what it's in the movies. And therapy isn't about going to one session and everything is better. Mm. Sometimes therapy mm. is work. In the first session, Can I we be have yeah. 100% honest if we're having, like, just an open conversation. Yeah. I was bored. Yeah. My issue with, with the sessions is I was bored and yeah. I felt like I could be doing, I could be like working or something mm. in the hour that I'm sitting here. Now I'm yeah. sitting here telling you my problems and you're just nodding. Yeah, yeah. And I think different strokes for different folks. We, how are we supposed to go to one person and one size fits all? And I think that's really important about finding a therapist or even a type of therapy that works for you. Mm. Some people with depression or stress or burnout could do active things, you know, yoga, exercise, mm. going for walks, doing some creative of art talking to a friend could be more therapeutic than speaking to a therapist therapists also have different paradigms or different ways that they provide therapy there's the traditional psychodynamic there's also cognitive behavioral therapy there's all these different theories and fields so matching yourself with the therapist is probably the biggest thing that i would say could make therapy successful i bring this up because um i think it's it's almost engraved in our minds that if you feel like you're depressed you must see a therapist and speak to someone they say and uh, i was reading Litsoho zulu's uh, book we had her um, on the show uh, Gugu Zulu's um, wife um, and she said everyone was saying go to therapy and mm. she was like I couldn't for the life of me because that's just not me and yeah. instead she went out and you know she was running and she was cycling and she was active again and that's what worked for her so I think it's important to move in a direction where we're saying um, not one size fits all absolutely not and finding the therapy that works for you it could be a therapist it could be a life coach it could be a counselor it could be exercise doing arts and crafts even just taking some me time mm. so that's the one side of a treatment you mentioning a cure there's no quick fix or a cure for depression it could be therapy depending on how the depression is you know debilitating you on a daily basis are you able to get up for work are you able to get dressed mm. there's a lot of people who reach that point where they can't even get out of bed in that case you're going to have to see a doctor it doesn't mean you have to yeah. be on medication for the rest of your life that's a conversation you have with the doctor and it could be a GP or a psychiatrist and then obviously going to a support group so a lot of this is also the holistic approach to mm. treating depression so going to a support group connecting with other people who have gone through similar situations but also self-help this is a big thing mm. become an expert in your own illness mm. learn what to do what not to do what foods are good for you about keeping 
having a schedule and routine. There's there's so many things that we can now do to actually help ourselves every single day. Kind of our no-cost ways to treat depression, yeah. which I think a lot of people see seeking help for depression is expensive. It's only people with medical aids that have access to help, and that's not necessarily the case. We're wanting to try to give people all the options to get help for depression. I also feel like when we you know talk depression, it almost feels like an enigma. And for some people, they're just like, what is it actually? Yeah. Um, so if, if, if you will, on 0825505151, describe, because I think mm-hmm. we, can, we can take it from real people where they're mm. able to properly describe what for them yeah. it felt like to be uh, depressed. You can also give us a call on 089 You can remain anonymous if you wish. Here's Georgia Smith, Bernard Boy. It's called Be Honest on 5. Yeah, it's like Robin Williams. Everyone was incredibly shocked. Here mm. you've got this comedian so happy. How could he be depressed? Mm. When we're looking at celebrities, even South Africa, Prof Mayossi, he had everything. Mm. How could he be depressed? And I think it is not that typical poster child of what depression looks like. Could be someone functioning and, and, and being happy, fine smiling. and happy, but still just not feeling 100%. You know, it's that voice inside, that critical voice constantly bringing you down, feeling tired all the time, like like the voice note said. So I think it's just understanding that there are different faces uh, of depression, different levels. Um, the most important thing is to not leave it just fester and get worse until it's too late. Rather start doing something today. It also makes it very difficult um, if a loved one is suffering from depression, if they're exuding this happiness and this absolute joy, uh, but inside it's not quite the same. It's hard to prevent suicide um, in cases like that. And we'll speak after news and sports, just ways in which or things that you can spot Mm. or signs, um, you know, to help loved ones who might be uh, suffering uh, from depression or perhaps even considering suicide. Cassie Chambers is in the building. She's the Operations Director uh, at SEDEC. And if you just joined in, welcome. Glad to have you. Having a very important uh, conversation today is, of course, World Suicide Prevention Day. And in the last couple of minutes, we're talking just around uh, depression, what it is to be depressed. Um, And I admitted in the beginning of the conversation that I, too, was like, for people who said they were depressed, was like, get over it. Like, Mm. just wake up. Keep it moving. It's life, this thing. It will show you challenges. But, you know, it's a fight back. I'm I'm big on like motivational talks. Yeah. And if I'm feeling down and under, that's what gets me out. And it got me curious as to whether people can actually talk themselves out of depression. I think for a low-grade depression, they could. You know, if you really focus on, you know, finding ways to get you out of bed, having a routine, doing those positive aspirations. But it's not so easy just to think positively. If you speak to anyone who's depressed, oh, my gosh, all they want to do is to be able to not feel that way. Mm. They don't wake up every day saying, I want to feel depressed. It's a real physical thing. Your body is heavy. You're tired. You just don't want to do it. Plus, that internal negative voice just spirals out of control, telling you you're not good enough, you can't do this, there's no point in getting up. And that overrides all those positive thoughts that you're trying to do to motivate yourself. So it's again from the outside, we can say, oh, but it should be so easy. You can just get up and go because we're all getting up and going. But for someone who's in that depression, their depression feels very different. And I think it's just being aware that it is a real illness. It has real symptoms. It feels real to them. And it's not just so easy to say, snap out of it or think positive. Or toughen up. If it was that easy, Sadek wouldn't be getting 145,000 calls. True story. Uh, are there type of people who are more susceptible uh, to depression? 
I think so. There's been tons of different studies out internationally and, and, and all around the world with regards to the types of personalities that are more susceptible to depression. Obviously, there's circumstance, but also people that are more empathetic, um, who are more sensitive to other people's you know problems or mm. issues around them. Yes, they are going to be more vulnerable. Also, people who have been exposed to a lot of different things, trauma, family problems. Mm. You know, they might not. You know, they might have a horrible family and not have depression when they're younger, but yet when they grow old it could come in so there's there's different things there's no clear cut this is the person that's yeah. going to get depression and this is the person our who lives wants. are all complicated depression is also complicated true story is that then not why if we describe the type of person who's more susceptible as someone who's empathetic a little bit more sensitive um, maybe you know li- I feel like people who listen better like I'm a terrible listener mm. like people who listen better you know listen to what other people have to say and therefore perhaps take on people's burdens mm. uh, as they own is it not why then why men are less likely then to come forward and mm. say they depress or even admit to themselves or recognize it because it's seen as weak? It's weak. It's soft. You know, even talking about this, we're talking about emotions and feelings. And that's something that men don't talk about. They can't relate to because they're told, you know, brought up from young boys. Cowboys don't cry. Um, they're not taught how to talk or communicate. And that's mm. often the big difficulty. And even just talking about this, we, we, you, you paint the picture that depression is something that happens to people that are less of or that they're weak. And mm. that's not necessarily the case. You've got some, t- you know, hectic sports stars, you know, big muscles that suffer from depression. So depression doesn't discriminate. It can affect anyone, anyhow, anywhere. Very quickly, um, with that, mm. um, you said that guns were the leading cause or leading ways in which men um, committed suicide. Could it be that the fact that it's so seen as manly or so mm. brutal or so harsh, the reason that would possibly, other than access, mm. be the reason that that's their choice? You know, it's so difficult to say what goes through their mind, what method they use. We know that men use more aggressive methods that are a lot more successful um, in a completed suicide. The WHO actually released stats yesterday that the most common forms of suicide included pesticides and, and guns sure. and hanging I think it's really important to realize that these means are things that people should be aware of. Mm. So if you do have a gun in the house and someone is depressed, don't think that it couldn't be a possibility. Mm. You know, make sure that there are no guns in the house. If you have access to medication, I think you just take every safety precaution. We we get way too many calls from people who say, I should have done this. I could have done this. I would have, could have, should have. And what we're just saying is... The minute we start thinking that suicide is a possibility is when you can start talking about it and acting on it and making sure that we can actually do whatever we can to prevent it. What career parts are more susceptible to uh, maybe depression? Very good question. So we find, you know, very high demanding industries where there's lots of stress levels. Actually, mm. media is a, a, a big field where yeah. we find a lot of mental health, mm. stress, burnout, depression, bipolar disorder. We also find a lot of um, hidden depression in the medical field where they don't talk about it until Mm. there's been a suicide. Um, So often the fast-paced, high-pressured industries where there's lots of big personalities is often where we see, again, a lot of media. I think also it has to also contribute to the fact that people in media or big personalities are also more open to sharing and talking. And so accessible. It's also the fact that we actually have to come to work and pretend everything's okay. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Every single day. And also I think a lot of, um, not to throw a pity party but because mm. we're in this industry we're so accessible so yes. like everyone's opinion can be thrown at you you know and like so hey any, any other job like only 10 people can make fun of yeah. you where the whole country can really say anything what you want to yeah. well if you're aka all of
of Nigeria. <laughs> <laughs> and I think you're so much more public that now you become this public persona that people feel like they can input. I mean, talk mm. about social media and trolls and the negativity that comes I think comes let's out talk about that. So let, let's touch on uh, the impact in just a bit of uh, social media. We're also getting a lot of messages. We'll try to get through uh, as many of them as we can. I'll just read this one very quickly. Mm. Uh, Anonymous says, uh, thank you for the platform. Depression is serious. Uh, was a soldier called up into uh, the defense force during apartheid and it changed and shaped every aspect of my life took away my self-control it affected my relationships my morals and social on a social level while in uh, in and years after we were never allowed to discuss or speak about the pain the suffering uh, that we endured our lives changed on so many levels it caused uh, it caused severe depression guilt regret for fighting a war we could not run or hide from uh, i'm 51 and only now am i able to see someone professionally so many have committed suicide against our beliefs me i held on but damage has been done on so many levels it's jay Pryor finding our way 26 after five today marks world suicide prevention day uh and we're having really a very important conversation with cassie chambers who's operations director at uh SEDEC. we got a, a whatsapp cc do you want to read it Which one? um the last whatsapp Okay, I've got it, I've got it. It says, uh, hey guys, what does one do when you can't afford to speak to a professional? My wife has issues with depression, not confirmed. Uh, it affects her blood pressure in a very dangerous way. She's unemployed, demotivated to look for work because she feels like her state of mind is not right. She really wants to work. She's not suicidal, but I feel it could be going in that direction. I know more than four people, mostly men, who committed suicide and they showed no sign of depression and that scares me. What steps can I take to get help? That's from Anonymous. And I think it's amazing here. You have a husband who's saying, how do I help my wife? I'm really worried about her. Um, And again, you can understand from her circumstances, being unemployed, wanting to work, but not being in the right space. And you're reminded every day that you don't have that purpose. You don't have that meaning. You're not getting up. So it's that self-fulfilling prophecy. It it is difficult. And again, we have the idea that getting help for your mental health is expensive. And that's not necessarily the case. I would definitely recommend that we reach out to him so he knows how to support her and help her but also to speak to her, to start getting her to talk, maybe giving her some self-help tips and getting her some help. You know, Mm. often, and we get a lot of calls with regards to unemployment, being retrenched, going on short time. It's a huge factor for for people being depressed. And there's a couple of things that you can look at doing, A, to keep busy, to keep getting out there and getting experience and opening more doors. But again, when you're feeling depressed and down, it's It's the last, it's hard to say, get up Mm. and go and do this and motivate yourself. So I would love for them to um, reach out to you so we will yeah. give you uh, Anonymous's number. Uh, so it is World Suicide Prevention Day. So let's get to how we prevent suicide. Yeah, because often prevention is much better than cure. Yes. Mm. Surely there's steps, I mean, um, maybe signs that we see before somebody is full, full on depressed and yeah. in the direction of suicide. Absolutely. You know, we're thinking of the end goal of like now you're in a crisis. How do we avoid that? How do mm. we encourage people? And even just doing this, talking about it, um, opens up so much conversation. So I have my first suggestion would people need to stalk, start talking about it, not waiting for there to be a crisis or an emergency. Have a, a talk at the next dinner with your friends or at home around dinner with your family. Start the conversation because you'll be very surprised as to what comes out. But That's I mean, how do thing. you start the conversation? What do you say? <laughs> hey, guys, anyone want to commit suicide? What's going on here? <laughs> So when you suspect that someone close to you could be suicidal or even depressed. It's difficult. It's so difficult. No one knows how to talk about suicide. Mm. No one is taught how to talk about suicide. You're also too 
too scared as to what that person's going to say. And then what do you do with it? Mm. So I fully understand that it is scary. But by not asking, you don't know what you're dealing with. So being very honest. You don't have to be the expert. You don't have to fix their problems. You don't have to take on the burden of getting them help. You can just say, I'm really worried about you. Is everything okay? Or I'm really worried about I've seen this. Have you ever thought of killing yourself and I I say speak very directly because you're either going to have two reactions someone saying oh my gosh no I'm fine I would never think of doing that Mm. or you're going to have that silence that says oh my word that's exactly what I've been thinking lately and I don't know what to do and it's those powerful conversations it's just starting the conversation even not knowing what to say could be your entry I don't know what to say I don't know how to say this but I'm worried about you and that's you real you find is a solution to so many of our problems right Uh, confronting those uncomfortable conversations and even starting it off like you said saying look I, I don't know how to say this but for some reason mm. I feel like you feel like mm. you want to mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. and again remember you don't have to fix them you don't have to be their solution you can say I actually don't know how to help you this is an area I have no expertise or experience but I'm really worried about you and I really want you to get help can I get someone to speak to you and you know and the idea of saying okay get up and go to someone can be also scary mm. but starting somewhere maybe say well, why don't we speak to someone over the phone at Zadig? Or you can even WhatsApp us and start slowly opening up this horrible feeling that you're having and where you are at. And then eventually developing it into going to see someone or going to get professional help or seeing someone that can help you through this. Um, I think it's just also taking from where they are and understanding that this is also a really tough conversation for them. And you yeah. could be the first person that's actually directed to say, I see you and I see it and I want to help you. I think it's also very important important to be empathetic um and in that i mean if say for example you feel like you want to commit suicide Mm. how then do you even approach a loved one Mm. to say this is what i'm thinking of doing and i ask this because with the calls that i'm sure you get at sedic at what point does someone reach a point where they feel like this is it yeah and that's often what some of the, our first questions we ask. What has happened today to make you feel like you want to end your life? And we ask very direct questions. How do you want to do it? When do you want to do it? With what do you want to use? We need to know sure. as much details as possible, which is hectic, you know. Um, but it's so important for us to understand how far and their thinking is and how it's developed. There might be someone who feels suicidal, who feels like ending their life, and that's the only solution, versus someone who knows they're going to do it. And they've got a plan and they know date and time and it's very precise and what's going on in that person's mind when when they've they're very precise they've decided there's no two ways about it this is what i'm doing also why are they calling you exactly and that's what we're lucky about is that the people calling us have something yes that they're testing to see what if something could help or you know what if you could help me with this or have i tried everything and a lot of what we do you know we don't have miracles we'd love to have a magic wand to say oh your depression is gone all your problems are gone and we can't guarantee that in one phone call but we can say but we're here and we want to listen and we want to understand what you're going through and let's discuss solutions often we go through but you haven't tried this so how do you know it's not going to work or what about this and We actually know that on this day, there's this person that can help you in X, Y, and Z. We have extensive referral guides of details of when a psychologist or a counselor is at a clinic and at which clinic and what day and how to make an appointment. There's been so many people that have been through different journeys and been turned away and hit those walls and doors closed in their faces and 
to have to tell someone to go and stand in a queue now for a whole day, mm. that in itself could be like, what's the point? Mm. But if we're giving specific information, this is what you need to do. And we very practical. You know, we're, we're very direct counseling. We say, this is the action plan. Let's look at all of these things. And we're going to help you step by step. We do follow up calls. Yeah. I also find a lot of, sorry, we have to go to news and sports, but <laughs> I find a lot of people uh, who think about or want to commit suicide are in themselves actually practical because Big. in their minds, they feel like this is what's happening in my life. There's no yeah. way out. Yeah. This is my solution. And it makes yeah. sense to them. You know, often, again, from us as the outside, rational thinking, depression also changes the way that your brain functions. Mm. Again, it's an organ. Sure. So being that depressed starts to think irrationally, where you think, well, suicide is the only mm. option. And this is a clip and this is a solution. And when I'm gone, everything will be sorted. Fine. But on the outside, for us, it's like, but it's not. There's all this. And so I think it's having to meet somewhere in the middle. Um, a lot of also, a lot of people feel very very isolated, very mm. disconnected from the themselves, the people around them. And often it's trying to just bridge those pieces together. Almost like an out-of-body experience, like your body's mm. left your body. Mm, absolutely. I mean, a lot, a lot of people express Let's cancel that. the Ultimix and just do this the rest of the night. <laughs> yeah, actually. Actually, there's a, yeah. yeah. It just means, do we get to invoice for the... Of I'm course, joking. we invoice for our way. Wrapping up our conversation, I wish we had more time because there's so much mm. uh, to talk about. There's also so many messages uh, coming in. But uh, one here says, I'm a wife and a mother of two young boys. Tried to commit suicide twice in the last two months. I'm bipolar and I'm considering stopping my medication. Would you advise? I think the first thing she needs to do is please send her number and let's get a counselor to call her. Obviously, the highest risk for suicide is someone who's attempted before and she's obviously attempted twice. So I think it's important that we try to get her help. She's obviously feeling really helpless. Um, On advice with regards to medication, I'm not a doctor. She should liaise with her doctor. Um, It's not a good idea to just stop your medication or make that choice yourself. She should discuss it with her doctor. There could be huge um, side effects. We'll pass on her details as well. Uh, another important message is uh, almost every government clinic has a psychologist. You just ask at, at reception. If you're lucky. Well, yeah. Uh, also, <laughs> as it goes. They, I mean, again, on paper, every clinic, um, community clinic should have a psychologist. Um, what day of the month or week they're there is different. Um, mm. We do have that list. So, yes, every community clinic should have a psychologist and should have a social worker. But we, we also know from our experience that's not the case. Mm. Um, and if you go to the clinic and ask at reception, not every clinic runs like the other. So I think it's um, it's difficult. It's some of the challenges we deal with. Just like every hospital should should take you in if you're suicidal it's what's on paper is very different in practice however knowing those things which clinic to go to Mm. how to make an appointment what day those are the kinds of things we can help with another one says do you think bipolar is often misdiagnosed as depression so bipolar disorder used to be called manic depression it's the extreme highs and the extreme lows so often before people would get misdiagnosed or diagnosed with depression when actually it was manic depression or bipolar I think now that doctors are better at diagnosing and treating it there's a whole bunch of different factors that people are coming in. So actually a lot of people, more people now are getting diagnosed with bipolar disorder and getting treatment. So it's a bit of a conundrum, 
but bipolar disorder is just as real an illness as depression mm. um, and that actually needs long-term treatment as well. So depression, um, one of the sign of, or symptoms of depression is withdrawing from family and friends. You don't want to be around people. You don't want to talk to people. You want to be alone in your room and yet that also makes your depression worse because you're not socializing. You're not interacting and connecting. So often one of the symptoms you can look out for the, or the warning signs is if someone has isolated themselves from family and friends where they don't want to be around anyone where they used to want to go out and see friends and talk now they don't want to talk to anyone and they pull withdraw completely do we have another one i think he means depression again um, he's perhaps not willing to identify it yes and i think he, he also mentioned like within the police force you know if you're dealing with stress so a lot of people can relate to being mm. stressed or burnt out it's very hard to say i have depression but mm. everyone can understand stress and i think when you're looking at someone specifically in the police force where you're you're the one running into the most horrific cases, dealing with the most horrific things mm. while everyone is running away. Mm. Um, that is only going to have an impact on your mental health. So, of course, feeling stressed, dealing with that trauma, you you had shouldn't that. Be um, things in, shouldn't there be things in place? So there are things in place. Again, the stigma. So there are employee assistance programs within SAPS that police officers can access and they can get help. There's often the stigma, though, that if I call the helpline or, or reach I'm out for EAP. Enough. I'm not man enough. It's going to go on my record. I'm not going to get the promotion. Okay. My manager's going to know. And there's all the stigma that's related to it. So it can be very difficult. And that's why those kinds of services need to be promoted in a very discreet way and reach the people to get help. Yeah, cyberbullying um, that you're even mentioning or just people in our life where we're just not as kind anymore you know no. we, we say horrible things and we don't realize the impact it's going to have mm. or we do things you know to get back at them or revenge or it's nasty i mean even if you look on on social media i mean it's incredibly sad for us if someone has opened up on twitter um whether it be about their depression or how they're feeling or perhaps what has happened to them and in, in, the, in the recent campaigns online and someone says oh well you know whatever you, you shut you, up you should just end your life you know yeah. stop breathing you're taking up oxygen and the horrible thing is that these things happen you know in a couple years ago we had someone in town um, as well as in Cape Town who was very depressed very suicidal they were threatening to jump off a building and there were these crowds of people chanting jump 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 and it's horrific it gives you like all those goosebumps because we forget that that is someone's dad someone's Mm. brother someone's son Um, I think it's important that you're saying that that's someone's you know dad son and whether it be on social media Mm. you know whether it be in the streets and traffic when someone cuts you off Yes. Um, and you know it's it's not your fault it's completely their fault they're in the wrong uh, maybe you're in the wrong we forget that we're human beings and outside mm-hmm. of that moment there's so many other things happening in our lives yeah. and we so we're so invested in the now like now let me swear at you right now let me be angry at you right now let me say something mean to you forgetting that this person has however many years of life that they've had to push through already mm-hmm. and for all you know that person is literally hanging on their last yeah. thread and you are it that is yeah. going to push them over the edge it is it's having to be more aware of what we're saying and how we're saying and the impact i think it's again just coming in through to more compassion mm. understanding what people are dealing with on a daily basis what they're going through that person cutting you off in traffic could be rushing home because their child is sick Mm. or they're too scared to be late in in case their husband beats them again Mm. Um, or they're so panicked in traffic they just want to get off the road Mm. there could be so many million reasons and before shouting and hooting and showing a sign maybe think what could be the reason for that Um, if someone does shout at you what could be going on or can I just let this go yeah maybe you don't want is it about me or is it more about them yeah 
Can I actually just let this go and keep it moving? It's so yeah. hard. Try, just try. So for just try it for like a week. You, it becomes easier. Like it was hard for me to. I used to chase after people who cut me yeah. off traffic. That's how you get shot. Yeah, that's how you die. Yeah. So now and also we're triggered. You know, yeah. if someone does that, and that also presses our buttons. You know, and it's again bringing in how do we find that relaxation, that calm, and um, it's very easy to react, but it's harder. It takes up more energy to say, hang on. What is actually happening? Mm. How am I feeling about this? What is going on? And again, it all sounds shawal, but trust me, it Just has a it. huge yeah. change in the way that you think about things that are mm. happening around you. And do that also, on social media too. Yes, yes, on social media too. Also, it affects the rest of your day, believe it or not. Yes. Anyways, we have run out of time. Uh, we could speak forever. I think we should speak forever. Keep the conversation going. I see uh, that uh, World Suicide Prevention Day is trending on Twitter. Very quickly, uh, Cass, we've got 20 seconds. Where can people get a hold of you? Okay, so we have tons of contacts. Please go to our website, sadag.org. We have SMS, emails, online forms, WhatsApp. We have a helpline toll-free 0800 567 567 or 0800 456 789. Reach out before it's too late. That's Cassie Chambers, Operations Director at SEDEG. The Tabuti Drive. Weekdays 3 to 6 p.m. On 5FM.